Well, we are going to look at this last little section, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. As with a number of parts of this, of this Lord's Prayer, there has been debate and discussion around some of the choices of Jesus' words uh, that he uses here. So what I want to do is to just break it down a bit to help us sort of engage with it a bit more easily. So first of all, lead us not into temptation. And then in fact, I want to take that and break that down. And first of all, take this word, lead us. Lead us. I know that this is at the end of the series, but as I've said, I recognize also it's the start of a new term. Some of you are back from being away. Uh, Numbers of you are possibly looking at a new job. In fact, I know that some here in the church are about or have just this week starting a a new job. Some uh, got new schools, uh, certainly your children going to new schools, new colleges, apprenticeship, internships, whatever it might be. And here we are at the beginning of September. It's a new academic year. It is a time of change. It's a fresh start for some. And even like myself, yesterday, September the 1st, you think, no, I'm going to do that now. And, you, and it's a bit like January the 1st sometimes. You, you make that step. And here we have some really key words for us to use. Lord, lead me. Lead me. Such a key phrase for the Christian believer. Such a a core part of of our faith. And I use that word advisedly. You see, faith is saying, I'm submitting to something higher, something greater, something fuller, something outside. I'm putting my weight, I'm leaning my weight onto something more than. And of course, Jesus is saying, our Father in heaven, lead me. Lord, I submit my life to you. See, there are many, many voices out there in our world today, advising us, directing us, advertising to us. But I'm going to choose to say, Lord, lead me. I want to be led by you. It's a vital part of the prayer. It's right at the heart of the prayer in so many ways. But it's a challenge. It's a challenge to my very humanity and and my individualism, if you like. Because I have to come to this place that there is someone who is greater outside of me. Someone who knows better than I do. It goes against everything that the world and today's culture would tell us totally against everything we're being fed, whether it be through te- television programs, through film, through news articles, whether we're reading it on Twitter, Facebook or whatever, there is a culture in which we are being totally drenched and soaked all the time, which talks about you being God. But faith in God says, Lord, lead me. You're my God. You're my Father in heaven. Remember some weeks ago, we said one of the reasons that in heaven is such an important phrase, it's outside and beyond. Yes, he is our dear daddy. We can say that. We can say Abba, dear daddy. But he's in heaven. He's outside and beyond. So right at the start of this, we're saying, Lord, lead me. He's my dear heavenly creator father who knows what's best for me. Now that flies in the face of the world in which we live. Flies in the face of your colleague, your neighbour, maybe your family member who doesn't yet know him. 
Not only does he know my past, we heard it. It came out in the worship and in the words that were being shared. Thank you so much for all those who are participating today. I want to keep encouraging that. But not only does he know my past, he also knows my future. I can't see the future, but he can. And that's what faith is about. That's why I say, Lord, lead me. I can't see the future, but Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I'd like to know a bit more, uh, um, a bit more detail sometimes. I'd like to have a bit more clarity. I'd like to hear the voice of the Lord, and sometimes I do, and sometimes it's a case of, Lord, lead me, Lord, lead me. So that's, that's the starting of this. It's a surrendering to him. Those choices, those decisions... As much as I think I know what's best for me, actually I don't. But he does. And so I choose to submit my life, my will, my future into his hands. And I say, dear Heavenly Father, lead me. Some of you, there are choices, there are decisions that you need to make this week, next week, these coming weeks, these coming months. I want to invite you and encourage you and exhort you to... Start by saying, Lord, I need you to lead me. I can't see what you can see. You know what I don't know. So, Lord, I surrender to you. I entrust my life, this new term, this latter part of this year, I entrust it to you. If we pray in that way, I believe he will lead. I believe he will guide I've had testimony of that in my own life over many years, and I'm sure many of you here also have. He leads us in many different ways. That's another talk for another time. If you're ever short on a small group discussion, you want to get together with your friends, it's a great question to ask. How does the Lord lead us? It's a brilliant discussion question. How does the Lord lead us? And then share stories about how God leads you, because many of you will have stories of things that have happened But it starts by surrendering to him. Lord, lead me. Now we come back to this prayer. Lead me not into temptation. Lead me not into temptation. Okay, hold on a minute. Um, I've been a Christian for a while, Mark. I have read the Bible. Um, There's a verse somewhere in the Bible. Well, yeah, let me point it out to you. James chapter 1, verse 13. Well, how does it fit with this? When tempted... No one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he's dragged away and enticed. James is clearly saying, no one should say, God is tempting me, because God doesn't tempt anyone. So hold on a minute, why is Jesus seeming to invite us to pray that God will not do what he's already promised he won't do? <laughs> and then, okay, I'm going to make it a little bit more complicated. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted. Hold on a minute. Now, we need to understand some things. There is a whole lot of discussion around a Greek word. Good old Greek words. Greek words that, uh, that the Bible was written in, parasmos, depending on the context, actually it can be translated, uh, temptations uh, can also be translated as trials or testing. 
trials or testing. What we know is that God does not tempt. But I do want to say to you today, God does test. He does test. Our faith is tested. We find that through Scripture. We know that in our own lives. Our faith is tested. I guess one of the most famous stories, the story of Abraham and his young child, Isaac. God had promised him the blessing of Isaac. And then he's tested Uh, beyond what I pray none of us would be. Potentially, it seems, God is asking him to sacrifice Isaac. There is a test. But as we'll hear again, God provides a way. But there is a testing of faith. In fact, if we go back a few verses in James, just go back a few verses in James 1, 2 to 4, what it says is that our faith needs to be tested so that it might be strengthened. I just want to say here, I don't know about you, but the times that my faith has grown and got strengthened have always been through times of challenge, yeah? They've not been, when everything's going fine and dandy, actually, I don't often do much growing. When do I pray the most? When I've got challenges and concerns. When do I turn to the scriptures the most? When When things are being tested, when I'm being tried. So James says our faith needs to be tested to be strengthened if we submit to the work of God in our lives. That testing will produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Produces a solid assurance. No, we know who we've believed in. We've proved his faithfulness. When we were doubting, when we were struggling, yes, it was hard, it was dark, it was difficult, but I knew and I came to understand God was there. He was speaking, he was leading, he was providing. We persevered and we've grown in character, grown in God, grown in our faith. It's been deepened and strengthened. That would not have happened if we'd not been tested. Now, I cheated a little bit and did what all good evangelicals should never do. I only quoted you half a verse. Some of you will know the other half of the verse. Matthew chapter 4 clearly says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into a time of testing, but it says not by God, but by the devil. Jesus was tested by the devil. There was a testing. There was a, there was a testing of, of who he was. Incredible story to read. But by the power of God and by the declaration of truth, he resisted temptation. He resisted, he stood in that trial, he grew through the trial, so much so that what it says at the end of that little story, if you read it, it says he returned from the desert in the power of the Spirit. He returned from the desert in the power of the Spirit. Jesus knew, as he's teaching, they're saying, Lord, teach us to pray. What should we pray? Jesus knew that it was vital to teach the disciples and for us To go to God for strength to overcome. To stay in such a relationship with him that we would not find ourselves falling. We would not find ourselves giving in to temptation. It's also helpful for us to understand there's a particular form of speech that's being used here. Lead us not. Lead us not. It's a bit unusual. We don't often talk like that. There is a phrase that we will use in English. Again, we don't use it very much, but we will all know what it means. If I say to you, not a few, how many is not a few? How many is not a few? 
We say, don't we, not a few. Actually, it means a lot. And in fact, that's the same kind as an opposite. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us away from it, in other words. Actually, let the emphasis be on being brought away, drawn away, guided, shielded away from temptation. Dear Father, help me, lead me away from those things that have the potential to take me down. Now remember, we've said over the past few weeks as we've been going through this prayer, it's a prayer of surrender. Right the way through, it's a prayer of surrender. It starts with God, the focus is on God, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, it's, it's a surrender, it's acknowledging him and give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we we acknowledge that need of forgiveness. We're never going to, as Ashley so incredibly and passionately brought to us, we're never going to be able to forgive anyone else. In fact, we're never going to come to a place of saving and salvation until we recognize that we need forgiveness of sins. But as we acknowledge, as we surrender and, and acknowledge that need for our forgiveness, so then by God's grace and incredible mercy, we're then able to forgive others. But it all starts with that that surrender. Completely lost my place. I have no idea. Um, Yes. So, the place of surrender. It's an opportunity to acknowledge our need. It's a prayer of reality. An honest recognition of our weakness and vulnerability. Lead us not into temptation. We know what we're like. We know, I loved what Joyce said. I'm a sinner. But then she corrected theologically, wonderfully, rightly. She immediately said, no, but I'm not. I'm a saint. That's what, that's what God in Christ declares me to be a saint. But I know myself. I know what I'm like. But I am righteous. I've been made righteous. Wonderful truth, Joyce, that you were declaring to us. Such great truth. We are righteous. Yeah, but I know, I know this body of flesh. I know the battle. And Simon wonderfully taught us a few weeks ago that we depend on God for everything, our daily bread. Those of us who are sat at the front feeling the waft of the warm bread maker, I tell you, it was almost unbearable sitting on the front row here. It, was a, it really was just so difficult. And I noticed since then that somebody decided they're going to get fresh bread every week. So all power to you. We'll carry on. There's always pitter in the background if we need it. Um, but we deploy, we're depending on God for everything. Our physical and our spiritual needs. Here again, there's a very real area of trial and temptation. Dear Heavenly Father, I need your leading. Because there's so much inside me that tries to fix it. I can do it. I'll make it happen. I'll, I'll get it sorted. I need your Leading, Will you help me by the power of your Holy Spirit to stay uh, away from it? Literally, would you lead me away from it? I suggest certainly for myself, for each of us, we need to pray that daily if not hourly. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver, lead me away. Not into temptation, but deliver me. But it's a prayer of hope as well. Because it expresses dependence and confidence in God for protection and for deliverance. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man and woman. That's a generic man there, men and women. You think you're the only one who gets tempted in that particular area. Whatever it is for you, whatever your challenge, whatever your battle, your struggle, you're not the only one. There are others, even right here in this room today, who have the same battles that you do. No temptation has seized you, except what is common to men and women. God is faithful. I want to, can we say that together? God is faithful. Now, let, can we say it like we mean it, okay? God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you are tempted, not when you might be tempted, when you are tempted, sorry, it is up there, isn't it? Yes. He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. He will. God is faithful. We've heard some wonderful things about the truth about God this morning, who he is, who we are in him. And here's one of them. He's faithful. He doesn't leave us when we walk out of here. When we find ourselves in difficult patches tomorrow, next week, the week after, God is faithful. What does that mean? He is with us. That's why we come to him. Lead us not into temptation. You're faithful. You're the faithful one. Oh, I want to be caught up in you. I want to be full of you. I need to be led by you. He will provide. So understand, you're not the only one going through. Whatever it is you're going through, there are others. God is faithful. He will provide a way. Some of that time, of course, is those who will come alongside you and say, yeah, I do understand. Let me stand with you. Let me pray with you. Let me help you and support you. We find ourselves sometimes, I can't help it. It's, it's too hard. But you're not on your own. There is one who's provided a way out. More than that, you are born again. As a Christian, if you are born again, you've given your life to Christ, you are now in him and he is in you And that means we're led in a life in the Spirit. Now we need to daily die to that sin. We need to daily come to Him and pray this prayer. Daily praying this prayer. That the Spirit might protect us and lead us and guide us. So we've been delivered from the evil one. In fact, the evil of every kind. So we can trust Him. He's faithful And if we're concerned, if we're frightened, if we're fearful about where things might end up, it's him we need to turn to. It's him we need to turn to that he might deliver us from the evil one. One of the gifts that we have received as we surrender our lives to Jesus is deliverance. Literally, we have been set free. John chapter 10 Verse 10, one of the favorite verses in the Bible. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life. Life in all its fullness. Or life in abundance, some versions say. Who are the they? I have come that they, these are the sheep who follow me. Who listen to my voice, who know my voice. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Yes, there is an enemy. Yes, there is a battle. Yes, there are temptations and trials. But I have come that you may have life, 
Somebody say hallelujah, please. <laughs> There's a promise. We, there are days when we need to hang, hang on to these promises, don't they? God is faithful. I've come that you may have life. This is hard. This is difficult. Yes, but Mark, remind yourself. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Speak to yourself. I, Jesus has come that you might have life, life to the full. Jesus, lead me not into temptation. Lead me away. Deliver me. Be reminded again, you're my good father. You're my heavenly supply. You're my earthly supply. Jesus knows that we have a very real enemy. He knows the subtlety of his tactics. That's why he's, he's speaking to the disciples in this way. That's why he's getting them to really think in this way. He knows that we will be tested. He knows that we will have many, many different temptations assaulting us each day. And so he teaches us to pray, to trust in the Father for our help, for our rescue, that the temptation will not be too great for us. That if we listen to his voice, if we surrender to him, we can have that possibility of being led away from potential areas of sin. That we will be delivered from evil and the evil one that stands against us. He gets us to pray this way because he knows the heart of the Father. He came to show us the heart of the Father. Jesus came to show us the heart of the Father. We talked about that some weeks ago now, didn't we? I'm revealing the Father to you. He's for us. He will lead us. He will guide us. He will meet our need according to his riches, which are in Christ. The challenge for us is to surrender our lives to him. To call on him for help and strength. To lead us, not into temptation, but away from those things that will cause us to fall. And as a result, we will know He's rescuing, he's delivering, being set free from the evil one. Now, I just want to take these last sort of eight, ten minutes, a little bit of application. I want us to personally respond. I want us to uh, share communion as well as part of that. I just want to, just for you to think and reflect for some moments. In a moment, I might ask, invite some of you, I'm going to invite all of us to stand at the end, but I'm going to invite some of you who might like to just stand as an act of response just before the Lord, not before me. But maybe just, you might want to close your eyes or just reflect on, on what you've heard. As we enter this new term, some of you, new circumstances, changes for some, Certainly for all of us, an opportunity for a fresh start. I want to give each one of us, and I join with you right here in my own heart, an invitation to submit your life to him freshly. To actually pray just quietly in your own mind, your own heart, Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. For those of you that have a new term or a new situation, job, school, whatever, college, just pray now. This new situation, give it to him. Lord, lead me.
Maybe things are quite uncertain for you right now. Decisions to be made. Things to be sorted out in the weeks and months to come. Lord, lead me. It's possible that you may never have said that ever in your life before. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. I want to say today, right now, is an opportunity for you to do that for the first time. To acknowledge, God, I've, I've lived outside of you. I've, I've not followed your ways. I've not sought you. I've not sought your wisdom. But I, I turn from that attitude and that way of living right now And I come to you today and I say, Lord, lead me. I give my life to you for the rest of my life, as far as I know how. I want you to lead me. I want you to be my Lord. I give up trying to fix it and sort it. And I say, Lord, lead me. Deliver me from my sin. Deliver me from a way that leads to death. Lord, lead me. Just invite you, just in your own heart, if you've never prayed that, just to pray that. Some of us, there are things that you know, God's, by God's help, you need to be led away from. Maybe you've been in danger of giving in to temptation. Perhaps you have already. We need to know that there is forgiveness and deliverance that is available today. As we come to him, we say, Heavenly Father. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Invite you just to come in repentance, asking for forgiveness, but acknowledging that you have one who wants to lead you into life, full life. In a moment, I'm going to invite all of us to stand in response. But if you believe God has spoken specifically to you this morning about some area, I just want to invite you to begin to start standing. Maybe you're one of those people who says, Lord, lead me in work, lead me in decision-making. Maybe you're saying it for the very first time. It's an opportunity to take a first step. I just want to invite numbers of us across the room We've been praying this. Maybe all of us will stand, but let's stand together. Let's stand acknowledging. If you, before, not before me, but before the Lord, it's like, Lord, lead me. Lead me. Father, I just want to pray specifically for those who've specifically felt to stand right now. I want to 
pray for each one in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for wisdom. I want to pray for direction. I want to pray, Lord, for healing. Healing of emotion, healing of historical things. Wrong choices, wrong past decisions. Thank you, Lord, that each day is a new day with you. Thank you that it's another day to know you, another day to make choices before you, another day to surrender. Father, for those who just feels like it's a big cloud at the moment, can't see the way forward, but Lord, I pray for those who are saying, Lord, lead me. I pray as they take steps this afternoon, steps again tomorrow and the day after, Lord, would you lead them? Would they know that their hand is in your hand? That you can see the future. Lord, strengthen faith in this place today, Lord, I pray, to lean on you. Lord, for those battling, struggling in times of trial, finding themselves tempted to turn in wrong ways, ungodly ways, away from you. Father, I pray right now, today, in the name of Jesus, may they be drawn back, drawn back to you. See that smile on your face. Not a smile because of our sin, but a smile because our sin is forgiven. A smile of love, a smile of grace, a smile of mercy that does not treat us as our sins deserve. That offers forgiveness, that offers love as we acknowledge our need, as we declare, Lord, lead me. You're, you're, the, you're my God, you're my Savior. I pray for any person here today who deep down in their heart is saying this for the first time who's giving their life to you for the first time and saying, Lord, lead me. I pray that you would protect them. I pray you would guard them. Lord, I pray you'd strengthen them. Even now, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Can I invite all of us to stand? Let's stand together and let's pray that prayer that we we know so well. Our Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts or sins as we have also forgiven those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And let's use the traditional ending. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and may you know his grace and his power. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen.